Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. So today we are talking about child-free or childless stepmoms, which Lauren and I both have been. Tony has as well. Tony was a childless stepmom when she was 19 to a little boy who had um, a disability. We've talked about that in some previous episodes. But today we're going to talk about being child-free, which is childless by choice, and childless, which is not by choice. Which one have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Well, technically I've been both because I've also been a stepmom before, step-girlfriend before. Right. Um, So by when I was like 21-ish, I was a stepmom and that was definitely by choice. Did not want a kid at 21. But the like most recently, now I'm going to have a baby, but we spent two years trying. So like childless, technically, I don't really like that phrase, but I prefer child free for both. (laughs) And that makes sense. I think these terms, I used all of them when I was prepping for this podcast because some people are so attached to their term for it, right? Yeah. And there is a difference. But I think just like you said, it can be kind of fluid. I think so. And like most people don't really know like the technical difference anyway. So people like I didn't even realize like I always get them mixed up. I just looked it up when I was making these notes. So like (laughs) people forget anyway. So I don't really think it truly matters. (laughs) I don't think it does either. I would say that all terms aside, when I first became a stepmom, I was childless, not by choice. I desperately wanted and ours baby to blend our family together. And now over the years, I'm somewhere in the middle. I am currently right this moment childless by choice with the door is cracked. And I might step through it one day and I might not. We've talked in previous episodes about Lincoln and his disabilities and and my bandwidth and having another child to, to spread my love apart with. So we'll talk about it. Yeah. Did you want, like, did you want kids going into your relationship, like, right away? Or was it only after? So it wasn't even after, like, a couple years or anything? No. Like, when we first started dating and knew we were going to join our family, it was, I wanted a child myself. Just as a human, I wanted so badly to give birth and to feel all of the first things. And then I think when I first became a stepmom and felt so keenly the things I missed out on. Yeah. And they were little. How old were they? Let's see. I need to do math. Three and seven, two and six. I don't remember. Either (laughs) way, they're both very young. They were tiny. Um, And Lincoln at three was mentally a one-year-old. So I, but still, regardless, there was so many things I noticed in that first year that I had missed out on. I was kind of like taking a class halfway through the semester. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. (laughs) I am not prepared. (laughs) And I felt that so strongly that it made my urge to have a child even more because I was getting bitter that everyone had experienced this stuff but me. Yes, that and like being a stepmom like puts that under a magnifying glass it Mm -hmm. is like it just makes it so much more obvious that you're the only one who's not experiencing these things and it's so uh, for me it was so hard it does make it harder and it's really hard to get your spouse to understand and to be able to put themselves in your shoes that we recognize as stepmoms that we can't make magic happen and all of a sudden have been a part of this the whole time. But sometimes your reminiscing feels like a slap in the face. Right. I don't care who lost a tooth when. It didn't happen if I wasn't here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> which is it's which sounds mean, but it's just because it hurts. Oh yeah. That you instantly put your defenses up. 
Yes, that is true. And what you said about getting your partner to understand, that was such a struggle for us that uh, my husband gets defensive often, especially when it comes to like, like the parenting stuff. Uh, His first instinct is to be like protective, I guess, which makes sense, but whatever. So like, I would try to explain that to him and he would be like, oh, well, it's not my fault. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm like, I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm just telling you like how I feel. And that was always a struggle for us in the beginning until we learned how to like communicate that to each other. Right. And I think everyone's is their own dance. Yeah. I also had a hard time along that line with my husband trying to show me the ropes when I first became a stepmom. I don't want any input. <laughs> I can take zero criticism. Yeah, I'm, me too. I'm not Please good at let it. me trip and fall. Yeah. I will not hurt your children. But right. I cannot learn to stepmom them. If you're holding my hand, I need to make my own bonds, my own routines. We're not just falling into an old pattern because I didn't live there. (laughs) Right. But also he thinks he's being helpful and like doing you a favor. So it's like, how do you tell him that him being helpful is actually not helpful at all? Right. It was really hard for a while, especially, and I think he was helicopter parenting because Lincoln has a disability. And so he would try to help me deal with different things, but I just needed to figure it out on my own, especially being an overnight stepmom. Yeah. It didn't come with a manual. I'm writing my own. Get out of my face. (laughs) Right. I'm a a big, uh, I need to learn the hard way type of person. I don't learn anything the easy way. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't handle criticism well on a good day. No, not either. (laughs) So I can admit freely now, years later, that I did not handle that criticism or many moments with much grace. (laughs) And I think that's normal. Yes. Especially when you're like learning how to be a stepmom. So you're under so much pressure already. It already feels foreign and weird. And then you got somebody else trying to tell you what to do. It's just like, I know it's well-meaning, but it doesn't help. (laughs) And did you find that you compared yourself to some vision of bio mom in your head? I did in the beginning, like the very beginning. Our situation was like really unique because basically he had, my husband had to take his son to his parents' house because when him and bio mom got divorced, she kept the house and he moved in with roommates. Mm -hmm. So understandably, she didn't want a six-month-old baby with a bunch of grown men, right? And that's like the last thing she did that is understandable. So she made it so he had to take him to his parents' house. So I was kind of under no illusion that she was perfect by any means. So in the (laughs) first year of our relationship, while we were taking him to his parents' house, we didn't have him overnight because he was only one. Um, So we would just take him for the day. And it just didn't feel like real, I guess. I don't even know how to explain it, but I I didn't feel like a parent. Yeah. So then when he started coming over over to our house and he would spend three or four nights at a time, that is when I started comparing myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I compared myself so bad. My husband was always like, I'm not comparing. Why are you comparing? I was like, I don't know. I feel like that's human nature. I don't know. It has to be because I did the same thing and I knew bio mom. I also was under no illusion of who I was in competition with in this life where there is no competition. Right. <laughs> I was just trying to carve about my own path. And I would find myself comparing moments to a angelic bio mom on my shoulder who would do things better than I would. Right. She had no face. She had no name, but she was better than me. And I was so, I felt like I couldn't do anything right. And I've had so many other stepmoms talk to me about this phenomena (laughs) where you are comparing yourself to something that doesn't even exist. Right. That we weren't the only ones, but in those moments, it sure feels like it. Like, am I going crazy? Because I feel like I can't even cut up the chicken nuggets right. Yeah. And and like your stepkids, like commenting on stuff like that does not help at all. They're like, oh, my mom doesn't like this. It's like, okay, (laughs) that's great. I'm not your mom. There was one day when I was trying to help Max put something together. And at the time, bio mom was dating an engineer. And so Max said, well, you know, Mr. A is an engineer. He could do this. And my instant quip was to be like, well, he's not here. I was so... (laughs) 
<laughs> the honesty just poured out before I could help it. Yeah. Like, I am trying my best here. Yeah. And it's Can hard. I not be compared to the boyfriend of Biomon? <laughs> right. I totally agree. Because guess you. who's still here? Right. Me. And I'm guessing the engineer is not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it gets so hard when they, like, you feel like they're comparing you. So that makes your comparison even worse. Now, I do know from Biomom that the same thing happens at her house. Oh, does it? Yeah. He will say, Nina does it this way. Daddy does it this way. So I'm assuming all of our kids do this. Yeah. And that it I'm is sure. as uncomfortable for everyone involved. Yeah. Whether they are girlfriend, boyfriend, stepmom, stepdad, bio, bio, it just sucks. And <laughs> yeah. kids have no filter because they're just sharing their life. Right. And, and they don't it's have not their choice to have multiple homes, multiple people in their lives, but we're all important to them. Right. Exactly. In the moment where you're just trying to put together a Lego, it's really hard to care about that. <laughs> <laughs> it for sure is. Yes. <laughs> so do you feel like others don't take you seriously as a mom because you don't have bio kids? I have always set the precedent that I am very okay. sternly. They are mine. I am theirs. And you're going to call me and treat me how I see myself. What is that? You have to take it sometimes. Yeah. I wish I had had that confidence, especially when I had first started. I cried in the bathroom sometimes. But sure outside of that, people didn't know that. I, I once was at work and it was Mother's Day and a coworker brought everyone flowers to celebrate Mother's Day. And I was the only person that didn't get any. Ouch. And she instead gave me a little post-it note card with flowers on it. But she might as well have hit me with it. Yeah. Because it was just such a blatant disregard. I had been two years in at that point and at this job for even longer. So she knew? She knew that I viewed them as my own children. It was, to me, it was blatant disrespect. And I called her on it. Oh, did you? Yes. I did not. I was sweaty and anxious. (laughs) But I told her that she could have her note card back. Oh. And I told her that I appreciated the gesture, but I didn't appreciate getting a different gesture from every other mom in the building. Yeah. And she, as anyone does when they're confronted with their own rudeness awkwardly walked away from me without apologizing because uh-huh. you, you know how people do when they're like oh uh, okay right kind of like that but at least I knew I had stood up for myself yeah she did I go home and cry yes I did <laughs> yeah well that I mean that hurts especially when you've been with those people for so yeah. long they know your situation they know how you view it Why right you- it's just rude and so I think the the problem is that a lot of times these negative moments stand out much stronger because yeah. I have to say that's one of the only times where I've really been hit in the face by someone not respecting what I view as my life. There are so many people in my life that talk to me about my children like they're my children. Oh, that's great. That tell that. me I'm a great mom. They don't even call stepmom because they view our family as a family. And in the same sentence, they'll ask, uh, like my parents will ask the kids, like, how was your trip with your mom while treating me like their other mom? There's oh, I love just that. This continuity that's so nice. That is really nice. So your parents see you as like they're like a mom to them, like your whole family does? Yes. That's awesome. And my parents are Jimmy, John, and Grammy. And (laughs) my grandma is great grandma to them. They are so young that one day they won't know a difference. Right. And I think that's beautiful. It is. Yeah. My, um, my, nobody in my family except my sister who lives near me has met him. And he does, my stepson, he does call her aunt. Um, Mm -hmm. but my parents, they live so far away that they've never met him. They've like, never come and visit we can't take him out of state so they've never met right well that makes it hard and you're you're up against a lot of things yeah Um, when we first um when my parents first met the kids maxfield was seven six or seven and he desperately wanted to have a place for everyone you could see it in his little mind that he was like figuring this out and he was like so they're my step grandma and step grandpa and i was like yeah honey or whatever you want to see them as but they're they're Nina's mom and dad and 
they're a part of my life and now they're a part of your life. And bio mom told them that was not the case. Oh, confused them more. My husband reiterated that you can just let him figure this out. The birds don't actually matter. And he has now forgotten that because he has a Grammy and a Jimmy John. Right. Who treat him as another grandson. So that's what matters. Right. And it's so we have such a blended family because my stepmom and dad just got married a couple years ago, but have been together for a long time. And when her children, my step siblings first came into the picture with their young kids, they my dad's name is Johnny. And so they named him Jimmy John. Oh, but no one thinks of him as this random step grandpa. They're all we are so convoluted in our family that (laughs) the lines are gone. Who cares? Right. Which is really nice. It is. And that's how my family is too, which is why I wish like we had more of a chance to like mesh our families. And I do think that once we have a baby, our, my family will come and visit us and we'll have that opportunity. But, um, we treat everybody as family. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're somebody like twice removed or whatever. Like if you come into our house, you're already family. So I know that they would accept him and like everything would be fine if we got the opportunity. And you will have that opportunity. And I wouldn't be surprised if your family comes in and meets this new baby and this new stepson. Yeah, It will be the same kind of meeting love that like these are our little humans that are part of our family. I think that's exactly how it's going to go. Because I mean, that's mm-hmm. how my sister is. And he sees her as family. She gets him Christmas gifts. So like, it's yeah. all, we're all family. And even though we're all spread out, we, we do our best. <laughs> of course. And that makes it hard. Yeah, definitely. Does Karen ever comment on you not having your own children or did she? Um, not directly, but she would say like some, like it wouldn't always be when you'll understand when you have kids of your own, but she always like alluded to that. Like she never said it word for word like that, but it was always, you could tell. Implied. Like, the back of yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mine said it. Yeah, I, I know she said it. <laughs> Mine has said it lots of times and you've heard She's the stories. More, your Karen's a little more direct than my Karen. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. You always know where you stand. That's for sure. Um, right. But a lot of it in talking about the kids and decisions. And if I have any kind of opinion as someone that lives with them and has done so for years, she will remind me like I don't know that I am not a parent. Well, or that I will, un- I would understand if I had kids, like I don't have yours half the yeah. time. <laughs> Either way, you take great care of her kids. And oh my gosh. And I love them. Right. I love them so much. Like, why can't you recognize that? Because something about that brings on jealousy or inferiority. There is, we should go to bio mom, stepmom counseling. I would be so up for that. I would too. I seriously would. I don't know if I could get Karen to agree to it. I'd be really interested about what would come out of it. I don't think that that mine would either, but I would, I remain open. I would love it, honestly. I love this next one we're going to talk about. What, does your employer see you as a parent? Yep. Have you ever ran into problems there? Um, I am my employer, so. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And have you been the whole time that you've been a stepmom? Almost the whole time, with the exception of like maybe two years um and in that case they did not see me as a parent at all yeah it's actually a they actually feeling. tried to talk me out of dating my husband my then boyfriend because he had kids or a kid mm. yeah so not a really great work environment for me but you talk about it since you um probably have more to say on it than I do well I had an employer who did not see me as a parent actively kind of raise their nose at me when I would talk about things. If I needed to take time off, it was a problem. What? If the kids were sick, it was a problem. Like they didn't see me as even a caregiver in that situation. It was like, why? Well, why isn't the dad doing it? Like they didn't even see me as part of my own unit. Do you know what I mean? It was that is, very that is crazy because if you, like if they were your bio kids, your husband would probably be the one getting the questions like, oh, why can't their mom do it? Like exactly. So that's so bizarre. It was. It was, and it's the same job where that previous woman didn't get me flowers. It was, oh. and I got into this relationship and spent years in this relationship at that job, and I think it was just the common opinion, like right. with workplace 
drama and morale. It was something to talk about. Madison's in a relationship. Annie has kids and she's doing all this stuff. Like, mind your business. Honestly, why is it that big of a deal? Like, it's right. so and by the way, I'm going to need to be off on Tuesday because the kids have a dentist appointment. <laughs> really? That's crazy. But my employer now, my workplace is so understanding about family in general. It's such a value for them. And my boss sees my children as mine. That's amazing. Calls them my children when talking to other people. Says oh. that, oh, Madison has two kids. It's never Madison has two stepchildren. Oh, she has to be home because she has her stepchildren. It's always like, no, her son has a doctor's appointment that day. Oh, that's great. It's amazing. This week, Lincoln has spring break and I'm working from home today and Friday. And it's, it's not, it's not an issue at all. That's amazing. I feel so lucky compared to what I had before. Yeah. Like it, it's made me able to really appreciate the environment I'm in. Do you feel like that like change of job um, helped you not like desperately want your own because they make you feel like you do? No, because they have a really good maternity leave program and oh. I could <laughs> totally put a crib in my office. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it. I'm If anything, this job and the promotion that it was in my life has made me in a better space financially and the comfortability of being able to make my schedule my own has made me think about it more. Right. But I'm still just not ready. That's fair. But I completely changed my hours on a whim because Lincoln's special needs bus comes really early. So I altered my schedule by an hour and a half and they just rolled with it because it was for my kids. I know. That's so great. How like I feel so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. But you deserve that. That's amazing. Oh, I've worked so hard to get here. Let's see. Do you feel like your partner understands you? Um, I think he's better at it now, but he spent a long time like not understanding how difficult it was for me. And I tried to put things into perspective and he just never understood them. And then like, I've always had the insecurity, like the second wife insecurity, you know, your first is going to be better. I'm also the second child. And I honestly think I've been working through this in therapy. I honestly think that is what is like giving me such um, an insecurity with being the second wife, because my sister's less than a full year older than me. And every time it was, oh, and her birthday is only like a couple of days before before mine so it's like oh she just had a birthday oh she just learned to walk she just did this and it's like you oh, grew so- up with so much comparison already yes and so close Mm -hmm. So I was like, and like, I randomly like thought of that one day when I was complaining to my friend about something in my childhood about like me and my sister, we're best friends. So I don't no hate on my sister at all. But it's just like, I feel like that's where my insecurity came from. So like, and my husband has no siblings, so he can't understand me on any level. Right. At this point. So I'm like, um, he... He loves fishing and hit uh, my stepson's grandpa on the other side, took him fishing and he caught his first fish. And my husband was like really bummed about it. And I was like, you can take him fishing next weekend. He's like, yeah, but it won't be his first fish. He caught his first fish with someone else. (laughs) I was like, oh, I was like, I'm going to let you grieve this. But I need to point out that this is how I feel about every single topic. Yeah. And he finally understood it. <laughs> so Such I think an opportunity for you to wear my shoes for just a second. Yes. I was like, I like, I feel you. I understand like that, like that hurts that he did that with somebody else. But I need to point this out to you because this opportunity will probably never come about again. Mm-hmm. And then he started understanding. So he does understand now for the most part. Yeah. And that's so nice that you had that kind of breakthrough. Yes. It was very needed, honestly. Well, I think you and I have talked a lot about similar emotional breakdowns in stepmomming and how both of our partners kind of shut down when it happens. Yes. Which makes it so hard. (laughs) But I think it's growing pains a lot of times because on my side too, we've come so far as far as understanding. Yes. And I think as far as being a childless stepmom, my husband has a very good view of where I am. And today he even asked like, are you, are you okay to talk about this? Because he knows this can, depending on the day, be a really hard subject for me. Even if I'm not wanting a baby in that moment, the reason I don't want one right 
now is just because of how full our life is and how much Lincoln requires and still giving Max enough of our time. It's not about not wanting. It's about not being selfish. And that's hard because sometimes you just want to be selfish and cry because I want a baby right now. Yes. But I'm really tired. So my, my view on this is such a tornado right now. And I'm just honoring that. I'm not making any decisions. And there has to be other stepmoms out there that are in the same space where they want and they don't want and they want and they don't want and they're just not sure. It depends on the day. Right. (laughs) But regardless, I need to sit on this for a while. And that hurts too. It does. Having that understanding from him means a lot. Yeah, it does. And I mean, the fact that he could think of you enough to be like making sure that you're okay with talking about it is a really sweet gesture. I know. I know. And I, I appreciate the fact that if I said today that I wanted to jump and have a baby, he would. Oh, I love that. And, and know it like that's such a gift. It's in my hands. Right. Shaky, shaky hands. I'm just <laughs> not sure. So yeah. that's. I'm going to honor that. And I keep telling myself, like, you can honor right where you are right now. I don't have to make a decision because I'm a decision maker. So like, this is very new territory for me to just (laughs) sit with something and let it be okay that it's not decided. Yeah, I'm very similar to you on that too. Like, I almost always need like a yes or a no. And I went through this whole like battle within myself of, but this was before we got married. So I didn't know that I was going to have fertility issues, but I was like, do I want one or don't? I like I don't know anymore because of how stressful bio mom was making our life I was like that's gonna be amplified if we have a baby so um I went through that whole tornado in my head too and it was so hard but even on a day where I was like no I don't think we should seeing like a pregnant woman in the store would still like stab me in the heart it's like instant tears I yeah. would cry in a grocery store over nothing. <laughs> right. So, I mean, even if you're in a moment of not wanting, it still hurts. It's still so hard. It is. If you want it in the first place. <laughs> and then to find out you do want it, I bet that was so hard, Lauren, to then have fertility problems after finally making that decision. Yes. That, and I'm sure we'll and, talk more about that. We're going to do a whole episode, which I'm really, yeah. I'm really excited to to hear your full story and to give it its, it needs its own space because that was, yeah. <laughs> that was an era for you. Yeah. Yeah. That really sucked. And that, um, I'm like a science from the universe type of person. So I was also like, yes. Oh, is this a sign that I shouldn't have? One? Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's how I would have felt. <laughs> Re- so, restart yeah. the tornado. Exactly. Right. So it, it was a mess. But we got through it and we're all happy and healthier where we are now. (laughs) Do you feel like being with a man with kids helped to fill the void or replace your want to have bio children? I don't personally. It never would have been the same for me. Yeah. Well, I something about jumping and I think it's situational, first of all. And I think every person is going to have a different journey with this question if they were to ask themselves. And I would love to hear more from our listeners on how they would answer this question because then we'll see just how broad this one tiny topic is because uh, since I became an overnight stepmom and when dating my husband, I knew that to love him was to accept these two children that I didn't know. It changed something genetically in my body because they are mine. And they have been mine since the first night they spent in my house. Right. And I know that it's not like that for other people. No, no, it's definitely not. Um, Something I'm working on in therapy is actually, and we're about to kind of jump into it soon. I'm just not ready yet because my tornado is too fast. But something we're going to talk about is my motivations. I do feel so fulfilled by these two children. Why do I want a bio child? Is it to not miss out? Is it to get the first that I missed? Is it biological? Is it bitter jealousy? (laughs) They're not all nice answers, but some of them could be true. And I don't know. Totally. Yeah. Because do I want to like feel the experience and then just not have an extra child in the house? Because that would be great. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what I was telling my therapist. Like I need to know my motivation because one of these choices ends with another human. Yeah. It's you can't return them. Right. I want so badly to feel what it feels like to be pregnant, to nurse a child, to have a crying baby in my arms. It's all a biological pull. I'm not sure that I want to make another lunch for another 10-year-old. Right. Do you know what I mean? I have this very big gap 
in, in what I am looking for here. And I'm not sure that the answer is another child. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And I also went through this because uh, we're going to have a seven year age gap between the two kids. And I'm like, Uh, that's huge because my oldest sister to my youngest brother, seven years, and there's four of us. Mm -hmm. So like, that just seems like such a huge age gap where it's like, now we're finally getting to the point with my stepson that he doesn't need to be micromanaged. He can do things on his own. And now we're going to have to like, now we're doing it with a baby. So it kind of feels, and then it's like when he goes away, like to college or whatever, it's like my husband could have been done like with like that part of parenting. And then it's like, oh, we still got seven years left on that. But, and that's a uh, big deal because it's a big time commitment. I know Tony and her husband have a large age gap like my husband and I do. I think they're the same 13 years. So my husband is 45. To have a baby now would be child rearing into his 60s. Right. That is a huge commitment that he's willing to make. And then on top of that, you think that Lincoln is going to be a child possibly forever. Right. How does that change the dynamic? See, that for me, I would be like, well, we're going to be taking care of a kid anyway. So we might as well. (laughs) I've thought of that before, but then there's the chance that we could have another Lincoln. That's true. Yeah. That is suicide. Yeah. Is what he has like a genetic thing or is it just- There was a, when they did the the whole panel, there was like a a spelling error, if you will. Okay. So that that does add another- Not sure which parent it was from, but that's terrifying. Do you know if they got the genetic testing during pregnancy? I think it was after. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if anything like that would even show up. I opted out of it. So I don't know what does show up. Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I think it was all done afterwards once he started exhibiting symptoms. I'm not positive. But I know that whenever they did that testing, there was a blip there. Okay. But they couldn't tell from where. So right. terrifying. Yeah. That, I that cannot a, do it. Yeah. That does add another like scary bit to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really hard. But I don't know. For me, it was like um, I took care of my siblings growing up. So I was like, oh, I took care of somebody else's kids while I was growing up. I'm taking care of somebody else's kids now. All I've ever wanted was my own. Right. It's so, my damn turn. Yeah, exactly. And that's like yeah. really what was the like factor that decided everything for me. I was like, I want this. And I think as a stepmom or mom or dad or stepdad, you cannot discount your childhood experiences and the possible trauma that has followed you into your family life. Yeah. I had a very unstable childhood and all I ever wanted was a home. All I ever wanted was a mom that would make me do my homework. And as I grew up, all I wanted was to be that mom. And so another thing I'm talking about in therapy is I, I have it. Yeah. I have that life right now. I can, if I want, I can stop searching. Yeah. There doesn't have to be disrest or want or craving anymore. I can, I can stop and just be. And that is very hard for me. I am a complete work in progress as far as that goes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think you said it in one of our other episodes that uh, we all dealt with trauma of some sort and we're all inflicting trauma of some sort onto our kids right now. We are. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's all a matter yeah. of working through it. So work in progress is okay. I'm in therapy and I count that as a win. Exactly. It is a win. It is a win because as a parent who's doing therapy, my children will know that it is okay to do therapy. Yes. And that is huge because my parents were not like my parents still don't believe in therapy, even though they both need it badly. And they will like give us a hard time if we're in therapy. All my siblings are in therapy. They're from a generation where you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I don't have bootstraps right now. Okay. I have a therapist. (laughs) I'm learning to, to find the bootstrap. Exactly. It's mythical at this point. (laughs) Um, So do you struggle with culture, like your family traditions or culture won't be passed on because it's not your bio kids? I cannot claim that I have much of any culture to pass on. (laughs) I'm not very religious. My family doesn't have any cultural things or traditions in that fashion that I feel like they would miss out on. I am very happy just sharing my parents, grandparents, and letting them meet and grow into my lineage to to know them as their people, right? That my parents are theirs. We're all connected. Um, 
I think the only thing I do struggle with as far as being a childless stepmom is the fact that I was an only child and now it ends here. Wow. As far as like my mother's already passed away, I'm her only child and I'm not going to pass on her legacy. Right. I have a very hard time with that. I could definitely see that. That's probably very hard. And she was a very tumultuous person and very, she was a drug addict for most of my life. And so I also don't talk to my children about her. I will, I will one day, maybe when Max is older and has an understanding of all of those things um, Mm -hmm. and share that piece of myself, but he doesn't need to know that I'm grieving over a dead mother. Yeah. (laughs) That is not his burden to bear. He thinks that my stepmom is my mom. That's Grammy. And that is healthy for him. That's all he needs to hold. Yeah. It's a personal thing that I struggle with that I'm, this is my plight to be her daughter and to just sit here with that. Right. And I mean, sharing age appropriate information is like a huge thing. It's so so important. My husband knows he is supportive. I get my moments. I'm supported in my grief, in my love. He shows me throughout the house of the ways that we honor her without the kids even knowing. So she's, she's here. I'm loved. I'm lucky. That's so sweet. I know. He's such Such a a good guy. He is. (laughs) My family culture is, I don't even know how to explain it. So we're from like an area where there's a lot of culture. And then my family is also very Irish where me and my siblings are first generation American. So we have a lot of the Irish cultures, but we celebrate them all like up where I'm from. So we don't get to pass that down to my stepson at all, which kind of bums me out. I know it bums my husband out because he's gotten like very involved in it and he absolutely loves it. It's becoming his culture too. Exactly. So at this time... We're not able to share it with him. But um, I do think that once we have our baby who's uh, once she's able to communicate and stuff and uh, my stepson's mom realizes how much he's missing out on, I feel like things might change a little bit. I'm hoping so anyway. I hope so for him. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you handle like the quote unquote special days as a non-bio parent, like Mother's Day, kids' birthdays or your partner's birthday? We split kids' birthdays. Oh, do you? We have always had Father's Day. It's just how the schedule has gone. So that's been serendipitous. But even if not, I have no doubt that Bio Mom would let us have the children for Father's Day weekends. My partner's birthday was on Thanksgiving this year, and we happened to have the kids. Oh. So that was that was good. Other This year, they missed my birthday. But the oh. morning of, Cameron whispered in Max's ear and was like, it's Nina's birthday today. And he had a moment of like pure joy and loved on me and then went to the bus. And I didn't see him for two days. But he got like a little moment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mother's Day, the last four Mother's Day, the schedule has fallen on on our schedule. We've had the kids every Mother's Day. We've offered them to bio mom every year. And she has said no. Really? Yes. So I've had the kids every Mother's Day. There has been Mother's Days where Max Field celebrates me to the max. And last Mother's Day, he didn't say a single word about Mother's Day the whole day. Do you think his mom had said something to him? I have no idea. Regardless, if something was going on in his little heart that made him feel stretched or torn, we were not going to push it. Yeah, you can't really. You can't. So we didn't celebrate Mother's Day, really. My husband loved me up. He did the dishes and (laughs) did all kinds of sweet things for me, but it wasn't recognized by the kids. And that had to be okay. Did it hurt? Yes. Yeah. Because again, I have this beautiful vision in my head of the Mother's Day that I could have if it was viewed differently, but it's not this year. And that's what I had to remind myself. And I think something that we should all as stepmoms remember is that every holiday at every age is going to feel different for everyone involved. Yes, you're so right Based on feelings, if they're torn, if they're missing a parent, if a parent is whispering in their ear. My husband was really careful. And we actually talked right before this podcast that he said he didn't want to push Max at all. He recognized that he wasn't really saying anything about Mother's Day, but he could see this kind of awkward hesitation in him. And he didn't want to personify that and make it worse. Right. 
so he just didn't say anything and that made him feel bad. So I think every year is going to be different. Every moment. I completely agree with you. It's for us, it's been different every year too. For I know we're going to do a whole episode on Mother's Day, so I won't go like, yeah. too much into it. But <laughs> my stepson has not celebrated me on Mother's Day. He's like been given the option and he chooses not to. And that hurts me, but that's okay. That's his choice. Uh, but my husband celebrates me, which I think is really the most important part because he realizes like all like the sacrifices and stuff that you're making. For like the bio kid Mother's Day, our baby is due like right after Mother's Day. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so I'm going to miss one more my husband gets father's day but that's okay but this mother's day is going to be a little different for you because you are going to be celebrating as you grow this human about to welcome her into the world and that may make your stepson feel differently too in a way that he views you not for himself but as a human do you think he pretends that the baby doesn't exist so I don't know what's going to happen when she's born I don't know I think that's going to be a transition for him just with emotions in general huge transition yeah I know yeah he hasn't been excited at all if you talk about it he leaves the room he pretends she doesn't exist at all I'm sorry that has to be hard it was in the beginning, but I've, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that there's not really like a lot of evidence right now of there being a baby. So he might not fully understand what's happening. That's true. But his grandma is very, very toxic. And I know we've talked about her on this before, too. And she definitely whispers in his ear. Oh, he a couple months ago, he was like, oh, when's the baby coming? And I was like, psyched. Because I was like, oh, he's finally interested. Yeah. And he's like, I'm supposed to ask for my grandma. So I was like, oh. <sighs> Okay. So I know his grandma's in his ear and I know that's making it harder for him. So we'll see. I think it'll be okay when she's here and he meets her. Yeah, I think so too. It's going to change his perspective. He'll get some ownership over her and of that being his sister and not just being this little mythical alien human that you're growing. Exactly. That's why I was like, he looked at the ultrasound and he wasn't impressed, but I was like, she literally (laughs) looks like an alien in there. So that's okay. (laughs) So we're going to jump into some listener questions questions. One of them is, did your husband ever struggle to want to have an ours baby due to what they went through? Yes. He was not sure at all. About a year into our relationship, I was like, you need to decide. I'm not saying you need to decide if you want to have one with me, but you need to decide that that's something you're going to want. Like, I will, I need to know that our end plan is the same. Right. And if, if, if something happens and we don't end up together, that's okay. That's what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, I was like, I need to have my own kids. So I need to know that we're on the same page. So he was not sure in the beginning uh probably for about like a year and a half and then and it's a hard conversation to have it's so hard there were tears we probably almost broke up I don't I kind of blocked it out a little bit but (laughs) what about you though he never struggled to to want an ours baby our conjoined fear has always been about having enough bandwidth for both boys with Lincoln's disability and the fear that we would have another disabled child and that's totally legitimate too but I also think that a lot of people who had like these toxic relationships with a terrible divorce probably are hesitant to want to put themselves in that position again it's PTSD it's valid genuinely PTSD yeah yes Um, How do you adjust from having alone time with your partner to his attention being on his son? I love our alone time. Yes. Lincoln takes so much from us. We're often dividing and conquering between the two kids to make sure everyone... Lincoln needs someone with him all the time. Right. Max needs love and attention. So we're often splitting to take care of things and then swapping children and all coming together. It's kind of messy. So, And it's another thing that comes into play when we think about whether we want to have another child is that with how much Lincoln needs from us, our time alone is sacred to reconnect and be a couple. And I don't want to give that up. And I don't think my husband wants to either. But adjusting from having alone time with your partner to his attention being on his kids, there have been times when my cup is empty, and he will coo at the babies and love on them and be gentle and sweet. And I get so jealous. Oh, yeah. I have been so jealous before 
before because I feel like I've ripped myself open and given everything I had. Touch me. Right. I'm melting over here trying to continue to be this for everyone. And I need you to hug my soul back into my body so that I can keep doing this. Yes. And that's so relatable for probably everyone, regardless of how often you have your stepkids, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Because there are times where you're being human in a moment and you maybe don't know how to ask for what you need or you can't ask for what you need because something else is going on or you don't want to ask because these children only have their father part of the time. I don't want to take that time, but I am craving something. And it it can just be a very delicate dance of trying to meet everyone's needs. Yes. And that's really hard for like your partner too. Um, yeah. Because he knows that you need attention. Well, he might. Um, <laughs> but he also knows that he only sees his kids every couple of days. So he's got to find that balance too. And it's just hard for everybody. Right. There's no win there. No. Did you ever have trouble adjusting to that? I did a lot, especially when he first started spending the nights here. Um, So we went from like never having him overnight to having him four nights in a row, which was horrible for him. He hated it. And we tried to advocate for like one night at a time and then like two nights just to like ease him into it. Because like I said, we'd been taking him to my in-laws house. He had never even been to our house before. What a big change for him. Yeah. So he was understandably miserable. He Mm -hmm. was scared. He was waking up in a place he didn't know. And it was just like not good. So he struggled all day and night for like the first like probably like three to five months somewhere in there. And mine and my husband's like alone time for those like, you know, long weekends. It was usually like a Thursday to a Tuesday. We were like basically not a couple because we never got to speak to each other. We When we did, we were fighting. We were both exhausted. Yeah. It was different. No, it's and I think there's seasons too. Yeah. You'll go through a season where all of a sudden you're like, I have not like emotionally connected with my spouse all weekend. Yeah. And that's so, for me, it's like so important. Like I need. Yeah. I'll start crying. Yeah. (laughs) Warning lights should start flashing because tears are coming. Yes. My stepson gets jealous too, though. Like if my husband hugs me, he needs to get like in the middle of it. Or like Mm. um, if he sees us like connecting, he has to like be on the floor where we are. So yeah, uh, he gets jealous too. We need to do a whole episode on jealousy. Kid jealousy, parent jealousy, bio mom jealousy. I know. I need to write that one down because that's a good one. Does Um, anyone else count down the hours until the stepkid leaves? If you say that you don't, you are lying. (laughs) I agree. It does not make you a bad person because you know who else counts down? Bio mom. You know who else counts down? Bio dad. And the kids, I bet. And the kids, I bet. Sometimes they're like, you guys are too much. It's easier at this house. Yeah, I know my stepson, whenever we make him do something he doesn't want to do, suddenly he misses his mom so much that he (laughs) wants to go home. So I think it's normal, though. And I think it also can be in a season. If you're in a season where like you're craving your spouse and you can't seem to find time with them because things are so hectic, you're counting down the hours until bedtime or counting down the hours until school or when they go back to bio mom's house because you know that that's your chance to to connect or that's your chance to sleep all night because when Lincoln was having seizures we didn't sleep all night so it was like I cannot wait for him to go back to his mom's house so I can get one full night of rest yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing sometimes you just need an effing break (laughs) yeah if you're a bio parent and say that you don't count down the hours till bedtime sometimes I don't believe you at all or if you're bio and you're like I cannot wait for them to go to their dad's house I think it's on both sides yeah Everyone needs a break from their kids. I really, I don't believe anyone who says otherwise. Because I think until a family has a split household, they can't understand the pros and cons. And there is pros. Yeah. Especially having a child with developmental disability. He takes so much of my time. I need him to go back to his mom so I can do laundry and clean the bathrooms because I can't use bleach when he's home. Like, I need you to go so I can get our life back in order so you can come home. Right. Yeah. Just like a a day. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know how like a nuclear family would do it in that with that situation. No, there's no way. Yeah, that would be really hard. Okay. We have an event coming up and I can't like I don't even know how to find a babysitter. Oh, Cam's mom is out of town. I've asked my parents. We have one backup, but I didn't realize it because we don't go anywhere because we pay child support. So (laughs) 
Uh, I've never had to find like a babysitter. We don't do that. Right. No, we haven't had to either. Is it worth asking if you could switch with bio mom? Oh, no, not not right now. Things are (laughs) things are a little rocky at the moment. I'll hold my breath, though. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you handle the you're not a mother, you wouldn't understand comments? We kind of touched on that already. I would like to say, though, you know how we were talking earlier before we started recording that, you know, how like you're in a situation and then you back away from it and you think of all the things you wish you would have said. Yeah. This is a moment I'm having right now. I hope that the next time I hear this, I reply, I parent your children 50% of the time. Yes. I hope you reply that too. Because I am a mother. Yeah, you are what a mother. She, what would she say if she said, you don't have kids? And I said, well, I have yours. Yeah. I mean, like, I've never had the balls to say things like that, but I'm starting to feel a little stronger in my stepmom pants. Good. And I think that's a thing that comes with time because I'm now years in. If we have yeah, new oh, stepmoms yeah. here, the pants are too tight. Don't try to put them on right away. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> definitely comes with experience. <laughs> wait a hot minute yes. take some notes <laughs> <laughs> i mean you'll get a chance to say it because these things will happen over and over again so historically they have so yeah. i'm sure they will again <laughs> exactly. and i'll update you guys on how that goes when it happens you should because you literally have her kids the exact same amount of times time as she does that's what i'm saying so oh. like what makes you not a mom and it does make her a mom just because she gave exactly. birth to them Yeah, I'm going to need to work on my comment because it needs to be smooth and steady when it comes out. I can't have a shaky voice. Just have it memorized so that you can just like spit it out. (laughs) Uh, Yep, I'm going to get ready. How do you create a schedule when life feels biweekly? This is such a good listener question. That is such a good question. And um, it is so hard. We struggle with it all the time. We have like a full Google calendar. And anytime we want to schedule anything, we're like scrolling to see like if we have him, if like it's something that we want to do with him, we have to see if Biomom will switch. And it's... It is a very difficult thing, um, and I haven't learned a good way to schedule things yet. I actually have a really easy time with this, and I'm not sure why. I can't really? answer. Maybe it's just because I'm neurotic and my planner is so good, but it just feels normal. And maybe it is also because we have them 50-50. So sure, we yeah. have an ample amount of time to schedule things we want to do with them. And if it's not in our time, we just can't. And right. because it is so scheduled 50-50 and we have them either three or five days a week, anything we're not doing, anything we want to do solo, it's again, if we have the kids, we just can't. Especially with right. Lincoln's disability, we're not getting a baby. So we just can or can't. And that's kind of how we schedule our life. And I think that's the only reason it's easy for us. I could see how people who only do weekends or people who have um, ours babies and stepchildren, how that would be really difficult. And we should have a conversation about that as time goes on of how how you start to to juggle that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Or like people who have like, like in Tony's situation where she's got double blended or people that have two bio moms, like, yeah, there's just so many variables for some people. But for us, it's more like we, if we want to do something and it's on a weekend that we don't have him trying to get him that weekend is like borderline impossible. So if it's something that we have no control over the date, it kind of sucks that we have to rely on bio mom to see if she'll like, let us take him. Yeah. I hate those conversations. Me too. Because it it never feels like it's about what it's about. It's you're using some other dagger or something, or you want some kind of collateral or reciprocation for just letting us be a family. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't see us as a family. Like she, like she has my stepson call her extended family, his family, but she doesn't like see us as like also his family. So it's very different. Opposite actions. Just keep telling him that you're his family. Exactly. And I mean, we act like it. So I think he knows that anyway, but Mm -hmm. it still makes it still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does it ever get easier with the kids slash toxic ex-wife? Depends on a few factors. Yeah. <laughs> I have noticed that if bio mom is happy, 
we have less problems. If she is in a new relationship, like she's in a very steady relationship right now, she's very happy. We've had smooth sailing. Us too. Some other times when she like has not been in a relationship, things were rocky on her end. It seems to start trashing up our yard. Right. It all just kind of gets messy everywhere. She's more likely to pick fights. Um, And that's being human. I, I get it. It's just hard when you're trying to keep your life stable and anything else comes to disrupt it. Yes. It it is really hard when you have like that extra factor that can yep. disrupt it where if you didn't like if you were with someone who didn't have kids, that extra factor wouldn't even exist. So it is always hard to have like that possibility that she could be having a bad day and take it out on you. And it's something you can't control which makes it hard in general because right. maybe all of a sudden you guys get in a fight about medication. <laughs> and it's just a random Tuesday and you were trying to have a good day and you hadn't even finished your coffee yet. Like right. those are the moments where you're like, come on, dude. Exactly. And you can't predict it. So right. it, I don't think it ever gets easier like forever, but there are seasons of it being easier and you learn how to deal with it better, which makes it easier. Yeah. Time, time again, makes it easier. You start laughing more. I've noticed. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Because you're like, this shit is whack, dude. Like, what yeah. Yeah. Are we really fighting over this? Right. That so is so like, true. Because it, it becomes laughable. <laughs> yeah. Especially when the toxicity is, is so often one-sided. And then it's like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It used to cause tension in our relationship uh, whenever she started her toxic drama. But now we're just like, oh, this again. Okay. So we learned yeah. how to deal with it a lot better, which has definitely made it easier. Yeah. Now I know, and I have to say I'm devil's advocate here. I know that often when we are having a conversation that turns into an argument, she probably feels like it's two against one. Yeah. And I think that that amplifies her stance and whatever she's trying to get across. And I think that that is human and normal. And I'm trying to be understanding of that. Yeah. I'm also human and that doesn't always work. So we're all just doing our best. But I I try and I want to say to others that like, if you and your spouse do have a bio mom that you're you have arguments with know that if you're coming as a two person front, it's not a fair fight. No, it's not. And I've actually never had a direct fight with her. Like they've, my husband has been texting her and we've like come up with the text together, but she didn't Mm. know that. But she sees my husband's name come up on her phone and she sees that as like a conflict. And there's like psychology behind this that because (laughs) they've had conflict, she like me and him could send her the exact same text. She's going to see his as a conflict before she sees mine as a conflict because her and I have never had conflict. Oh. So we're like keeping it that way on purpose. Yeah. You're Switzerland. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm Russia, (laughs) dude. I am a czar (laughs) over here. Okay. Uh not i am enemy territory and so is my husband this is a game of risk (laughs) oh no (laughs) i love this next question because it's something that i dealt with it says i'm nervous to never know what loving them like your own truly means i don't have my own yes that is so hard because like i've heard like the whole love your stepkids like your own i don't know if i'm loving him like my own Mm mm-hmm And that's always been like my thing. Like, I don't know if I am. So I can't say that I am. I think I can only talk from my own perspective. I love them like my own. Yeah. They are fiercely mine. And they weren't always. Right. Because in my little baby stepmom journey, I was too hesitant to love them completely because it was scary and it was new and they weren't ready to love me. Right. But once they loved me, I let it go. Right. Which is vulnerable and scary to love something that can be taken away from you. Because that ultimately, I think, is what prevents stepmoms from loving the children like they're their own is because any other breakup and clearly it's happened before will cause these children to be ripped away from you and you don't have any say over them yes I was gonna say that that was my hesitation in the beginning that it's like I don't want to get too close to him just in case 
Mm-hmm. Something happened, and like then what? Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna happened. be that lady on this podcast that tells you that it's totally worth it, and you might end up in therapy, and it might hurt really bad if something ever does happen, and there is a breakup. But I have never felt more loved in return than I have by giving these children all of my love. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's um like a perception thing. Like I don't know what it feels like to love a kid as my own, but like I feel like I'm loving him as my own if that makes sense so completely yeah and you probably are then right I just overthink everything so I'm always like oh maybe I'm not I don't know (laughs) we all do yeah because sometimes you don't like your kids true I love them like they are mine and because they're mine they get on my nerves sometimes (laughs) and I might love them but I don't like them and those are times in your baby stepmom journey where you're going to be like do I love them at all yes that is so true homie you do they just (laughs) suck sometimes because they're kids right that is a really good point to make because I feel like if you don't have kids of your own you don't know that that's normal yeah because it asked bio dad he's gonna tell you like no dude they suck (laughs) right so true Uh, I'm gonna go back one because I think I added this one uh okay at the last minute but how do you cope with the feeling that his child his first child isn't yours and yours won't feel special because that was hard that was a really big thing for me but he really like took the time to like show me or tell me that it was just a special and now that we're expecting one of our own he goes like I I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or if it just is special for him but he goes like over the top to show me how like excited he has is to have a, a baby with me and like how much it means to him and how excited he is so I think a lot of it has to do with how they're acting about it yeah but it is still special it doesn't matter if it's not yeah. his first and I learned that because I was deeply insecure about that I think my, it also depends, I think on, it doesn't depend. It's, it's something you can see in your spouse, the way they love their children. Let that ease your mind. Yeah. (laughs) My husband loves his children so much. He has an endless amount of love for things that have come from him. Right. He has enough for another one. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like a limited resource or anything. Exactly. The love is there, but I more than understand that insecurity of course feeling like yours isn't going to be as special so but I'm telling you that it will be and it's just a totally different experience like at least in our situation of course um he wasn't ready for kids when he had them with her well when he had my stepson and now he is ready so that's already going to be a different experience Mm -hmm. um and I mean just the whole parenting situation is going to be different and not to mention uh he had a boy and now he's having a girl and I feel like girls and dads are always like such like a sweet little pair so I feel like that's oh, it's different lovely also. I would love to have a girl I got so many boys in my house I know <laughs> I was gonna say your dog's a boy too isn't so he so is the cat everybody oh you're completely outnumbered I know <laughs> oh man <laughs> Okay, that is it for childless or child-free stepmoms. We really appreciate the listener questions on this one. They were really, really good. They were so good. Yes, I loved them. So keep the listener questions coming because we love having those on our episodes also. And comment on this post uh, and on this podcast, anything you have to add to what we've talked about. We'd love to keep this conversation going. Yes, we could totally do a whole second episode on this. So yes, we will. Feel free to follow us on Instagram, like and comment on our content and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. Bye. Bye.